Well, seven hours later, WrestleMania 35 is in the books. And I gotta tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it was very long. I'm very tired. I am currently driving home, and yes, do not text and drive, nor should you probably do a podcast and drive, but I'm going to do one anyway because I love this business, I love the business of WWE, and I want to give you my insight before I go to sleep and possibly forget it, which I won't, I won't forget it, I just... I, I, I want to do it while it's fresh in my mind, and I have the time to do it, because we all know Mondays are Mondays. But anyway, the night started off with Alexa Bliss and Hulk Hogan, and that was pretty exciting, I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since we've seen Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, I believe it was WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. I love the way he came out and said something about the Superdome or the Silverdome, knowing it was a joke because he got a lot of heat from it with The Rock and Stone Cold at the Superdome after he had said it, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a good way to kick off WrestleMania 35 and on to Paul Heyman walking out. Pretty much saying if we're not going to be the last ticket, we're not going to be the last match then we're getting this party started right now. So, the Universal Championship match got started between Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. It was a very, very subpar match, as I really expected it to be. I did not think it was going to be a knockout, drag-down, beat-down fight. Seth Rollins did get thrown a couple times over the announcer's desk and did get taken to suplex city and i mean we all i think we all knew that was going to happen but to the severity of it or severity yeah severity i'm sorry we didn't know it was going to be like that we did not know or i did not know that the match was going to start like that so anyway the match went on i think three curb stomps later uh bing bang boom rollins ends up winning the uh, Universal title. So he's bringing it to Raw tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. So on from there, I think we had the... Oh man, what do we have? Man, it's been so long. You know what? I'm not going to give you match for match. I'm just going to give you my points of view and what made me excited. So what I can remember, we saw the return of Thugonomics. Oh my god. Like, I knew Cena was going to do something. But I did not know he was going to do that. I honestly thought The Undertaker was going to come out and interrupt Elias. Elias had a great segment, by the way. That guy is pure gold. If you don't know who Elias is, or what WWE stands for, you need to watch a segment with Elias. Because, like I said, he is pure gold on the mic. His charisma is there. His entertainment is there. He may not wrestle much, but honestly, he doesn't have to. So, 
he came out, started a band with three of themselves, which has never been seen before, never been done before, and it was pure entertainment. It's pure gold entertainment. And what do you know? Thugonomics came out. Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena. And boy, did he throw some shade. Woo! Saying that Elias's face looked like his nuts and other, you know, he just had a bigger bush on his face. I don't know. It was crazy. It was fun. And like I said, pure entertainment gold. So kudos to WWE, Vince McMahon, and all involved for making that happen. Thank you. On from there, Triple H and Batista. Now, I think I stated in my other segments that this wasn't going to be a very exciting match. It really wasn't. And after watching it and dissecting it through the match itself, it didn't really live up to what I even thought it was going to. Um, there were times where I thought it was going to be a, a gold match where, you know, and, and it was a mid-card match. I mean, you had, I think, what, eight, nine matches or some crap like that, and it was a mid-card match. It was a typical Triple H match. We haven't seen Batista wrestle in five years since WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. It was a typical Triple H match, no hole barred. But at the end of the day, with help from the Nature Boy, woo, Ric Flair, Triple H reigns supreme. Game still is on. So, Batista lost. That was a loss for me because I had picked Batista to win. I for surely thought that Triple H was going to end his career or in-ring career right then and there at MetLife Stadium and that would be his final match. But, hey, the story goes on, the rider still rides, and we'll see what happens next year because we all know Triple H is going to wrestle. But on from there, I believe it was the demon Finn Balor. Not Finn Balor, but the demon Finn Balor. He summoned his demon up and took on the dominant Bobby Lashley. And again, another mid-card, probably right on the cusp of being a C+. Plus, maybe C+. Plus? Yeah, I, I would say right, Oscar? Yeah, Oscar says C+. Plus. So yeah, C plus match, and uh, I, I just didn't it didn't excite me, didn't entertain me. But it's always good to see the demon Finn Balor show up, and the storyline was, I, I guess, there. I hope they end that feud. I hope they they go somewhere else. They find other people to wrestle because I said in my other segments that Bobby Lashley may be getting put into the title picture right away. Hope he does because his physique is there. His, you know, he, he he deserves to be there. Let's not let's not kid around with each other. He deserves to be there. Uh, he may not be the most uh, charismatic or entertaining guy, but he deserves to be there. So that's where I think he goes. If not, then Finn Balor. Uh, I hope they find somebody for him. On from there, I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna wrap this up real soon. But the last match, let's just hit on that. Becky, Ronda, Charlotte lived up 
to, I think, the hype for a B-plus match. The ending was not great. I did not like it. I wanted Charlotte to win, not Becky. But we have to understand what the WWE is, and it's a train ride. You have to strike the iron while it's hot, and you have to continue being on the train going forward. And going forward, we all know, is the man Becky Lynch. I think we believe that uh, Ronda Rousey is going to be leaving, and Charlotte is possibly going to be leaving for a little bit to take some vacation because, I mean, let's let's be honest, she earns it. Uh, she shows up day in, day out, never misses a SmackDown, never misses a pay-per-view. She is the queen. She'll always be my queen. I will always pick her to win matches, even though I probably shouldn't. But that was the main event. The ending, if you didn't watch it, was Charlotte was coming from one turnbuckle to the other. Becky and Ronda did a, which, uh, not an arm bar, but a hip toss into the table, which was set up on the opposite turnbuckle. Charlotte rolled out. Ronda and Becky did a slapping match and hitting match, and then uh, Becky ended up winning with a old schoolboy. Yeah, I think that's what they call it, a schoolboy pinfall. And there is some there is some speculation about how Ronda got pinned. I saw her shoulders off the mat for the one, two, three, or at least the one, two. The ref saw it different. So I think there's going to be another storyline going forward, maybe into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, if Ronda stays around for that long. But that was it. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm over-talking. But it was a very subpar WrestleMania. Not the most exciting I've ever seen, but definitely it could be way worse. So, it's 1242 on the East Coast in Kildova Hills. This is your host, Ralph Wentz, wrapping up another... Eh, since I'm on the grading scale, I would say always an A-plus show. Bump the mat. Subscribe to it. I'm on Spotify, Radio uh, Republic, or Public Radio, Spotify, I think I said, uh, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcast. So, if you can't find me on there, I don't know what to tell you. But like my buddy says, Justin, keep on slamming, keep on moving, and we will see you tomorrow for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 35.